and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. This week we're going to continue our discussion about creating space and how us creating space also ties into our emotions and reactions and how we deal with that. For this episode, I will go back um, a little bit. We'll replace part of the last episode to get us started and just continue on with the discussion. And so I love that you started bringing in the mental health part of it because I think, I know we're talking about creating space, but Routines, mental health, physical and spiritual health are all intertwined with each other. So when you're working on your spiritual health, growth there is going to help your mental health and it's going which is going to help your physical health, which is going to help. They're all tied within each other. So I think it's important to if there's a mental block for you to create space to like you were saying, why am I doing this to talk to go into that? And see why this is affecting things. And that will open up the spiritual. And it will open up our our ability to create the routine too. Because when, if we know this is the issue, I know I can do this as part of my routine to try to help that. I can breathe when I feel that way. People don't yeah. think, sometimes people think of routine as our schedule. But it's also the things that we do when we feel certain ways also our yeah, our habits. yeah our habits are One part of, the of our routine along this whole conversation if you can catch it is less reaction yes to stimulus like when we're interrupted in our routines when we're trying to make spiritual space don't react to that so much mental reaction tamp it back a little bit pause take that step back that deep breath know that it's okay when people offend you it's okay to be interrupted some of us genuinely if you look at our emotions we generally believe that it is a crisis if we are inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. You can see that by our like we're like what, but that and, and we don't consciously do that. It's just where we're at in our space in our life. But just not having space to just kind of move that reaction back a little bit, or just even if you're having the reaction to distance any actions that you're doing away mm-hmm. from that reaction. Whoa, gotta calm down. Well, I have trouble with. The conscious discipline thing for one <laughs> this is pride when i'm mad i'm not saying i'm sorry even if it has a butt in it I'm not saying <laughs> i can't because i feel that my and, and in my sinful state i feel that i am justified if i get angry i am justified and usually i probably am <laughs> let's be honest all right moms most of the time we fly off the handle it's because they have pushed us beyond the last breaking point i mean come on it in any court of law, this is a justified thing. <laughs> right. We understand that. But so so in my mind, in that heated moment, I am justifiably angry and I must be heard for the good of my children who I need to train and whoever else stands in my way. <laughs> so that's where I go. So I can't even go to the I shouldn't have blah. Sometimes I can't get there. Mm-hmm. So I end up just kind of vocalizing what I'm feeling. I didn't want to say that in front of the person. I didn't, I didn't want to yell like that. I yelled just now and I didn't want to do that. I don't like the way I was talking to you. I apologize. 
didn't say anything. I, I spoke the truth. I feel abandoned right now. I've said it out loud. I feel ignored in a house full of people that I love and serve every day. I feel ignored. And you know what? They stop because that's where the feeling is. That's where the pain is. And I spoke it out loud and I said, I'm angry because, Mm -hmm. and I didn't blame anybody. I didn't blame myself. I didn't blame them. I just said, I didn't want to yell at you just now. That's not how I want to talk to you. It's not how I want you talking to each other. I didn't want to do that. And there's something vulnerable in that that makes people say, oh, I felt that way too. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't want to yell either. And so there's that compassion. Without saying I'm sorry. (laughs) Because sometimes that's just... Well, and it go and con- what I like about conscious discipline. I've always had problem I do with the, love I, I, conscious I've, discipline. I've I, didn't mean to say pro- that. I actually do really love. I've always had problem with the the ice the the empty I'm sorry part, but like, yeah. but the rest of like the breathing techniques I love. Yeah, it's great. The but it's the brain. It's the how the um, process goes with the way our brain develops. So like. Um, well, neuropsychology and my growth mindset words type thing. I just, I really agree with that because like what you were just saying, yes, you yelled at somebody and that may have put a negative neural network through the kids' heads. But then when you go back and say, I didn't want to talk to you that way. Mm-hmm. I, th- this was a reaction I had to what, what you did and I didn't want to react that way, but I'm, yeah, I've talked with my kids and several times that there's a breaking point at some point. I'm like, I can only ask you to do so much so many times before I don't know how to ask anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I've run out of ways to ask you. And um, they seem that I think having those conversations puts more positive neural networking on top of the negative, if that makes any sense. Because they're like, okay, this was a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Mom yelled at me. I don't like that. I don't like the words that she used. But she told me she didn't like the words that she used either. So I'm okay. So, so I'm, okay. Yeah. I'm in a safe place still because I like the safe place part. Of, and also, I can learn from this experience instead of totally shutting down and not have gaining anything from it. Is that? Mm-hmm. And like we're saying, that's another way of creating space. And we can do that with God. And we do do that with God when we go to confession. And vulnerability. I think just being vulnerable <laughs> and being, even in front of our children. And it's hard because they're the ones that are making us crazy or our spouses. But to just be vulnerable and be like, I'm not perfect. And I'm going to show you how to use words that feel safe when you're angry and feeling justified. Because there is a point where, if, especially if you've had trauma in your past, where to give up that anger is to give up your 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 self-preservation. And sometimes the anger is there for a reason. So how about you don't even get mad at the anger? Why don't you just let it be there and be like, oh, I'm mad. Oh, I'm mad. I'm not giving. I'm mad. Am I going to pretend I'm not mad? Am I going to act like I'm not mad? I'm mad. I am mad to protect myself. But I'm also mad because I'm hurting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know, I... I just feel like a lot of times reaction steals so many opportunities to be the face of Christ to the people in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think it might be the big thing. Mm -hmm. So creating that space, that mental, emotional space where we can say, I am feeling this way and it is okay. But I really didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say you're sorry all the time. Well, I mean, yeah, if if you 
Because I think there is justifiable sure, anger. Sure, and your for kids sure. have to know that they can't treat people that way, and they can't treat you that way, and that your yeah. husband. You know, I think we run away from anger like anger is a sin. Mm-hmm. And I feel. Well, like, I mean, cause I think though there it can be though. Yes. Because it, yes, it said, can be. Yeah. You know, when it controls angry, your reaction, and you yes. sit in it. Yeah. That's my thing. Is like mm-hmm. I'm, like when I yell at my kids, it's because. At first, when I made the video to not yell at my kids, I was comparing myself to my mother-in-law and her mother. My mother-in-law said that she never once heard her mother yell. Not once. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> and then my husband said that he only ever heard his mother yell one time. Like, she would raise her voice at the kids sometimes to get their attention. But otherwise, like, she yelled at them angrily one time in his entire life. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm over here, Miss Yelly McGee. Like, I suck at this. And so I was comparing myself. So it was a very prideful thing. Over time, though, for me, like, when I yell at my kids, it's because I'm angry. And I'm, I'm reacting to that anger. And that's right. what, for me, I want to stop. Yeah, yeah. And because I don't want to sit in that anger, like, I... And I, I think there's a fine line here, though. Like, I think calling a spade a spade and saying like you know i am angry this is how i feel the reason why i feel this way is because of this i shouldn't have yelled i don't like the fact that i yelled at you i think that's a good thing to vocalize what you have there but you can sin in anger you, you can, can absolutely, absolutely yeah. sin in anger yeah but and i think one thing i just want to comment on when you were talking about um how we just need to go from reaction to response yeah i think it's important to say too that it's okay that it takes time yeah, because i know yeah because i know for me when i'm trying to create a habit i have when i'm trying to create a habit i have a very predictable pattern that i go through where i recognize this is something that i need to change and so in the beginning i do the thing that i shouldn't do that i don't want to do anymore and about five minutes later, I realized, and I'm like, oh, man, I should have done it. Right, that. that's part of it. Yeah, and then the next stage is I do the thing, and then immediately afterwards, I recognize mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, ah. And then the third stage, there's four of them. The third stage is I do the thing, and in the middle of the thing, I go, oh, I shouldn't do this. And I'm like, I'm doing it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I finally yep. get to the point where I realize where what I'm doing in the middle of the thing, and I stop myself. And eventually it gets, you know, to where I'm stopping myself sooner and sooner. And so, but it's, it's okay. It's not a, I just want to make sure people knew because you, you would use the word just, I don't think you meant it this way. And so I want to clarify for anybody who's like feeling like, well, I can't just stop doing this thing. It's not that easy. Oh, that no. it yeah. takes time and that's okay because God works us, with us where we are. And usually conversions happen slowly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He allows that to happen. But I think it's, it's important to recognize when, Anger is an appropriate reaction and when it is not. Um, but I think what we get into is when we begin to say we should never be angry or every time I'm angry, I am in sin. That is overarching. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think we need to pay attention to our emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, they are indicators of how we're responding to stimuli, whether we're doing well at responding or not responding well. I don't think we should ever stuff them, but I do think that, like you said, with discipline and with virtue, you can learn to slow that anger down. Mm-hmm. If you give it space, if you acknowledge it and where it's coming from first. Mm-hmm. If you don't ask yourself, why does this make me so angry? And you just keep on trying to stop being angry, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. 
you have to ask yourself, what is it that's making me feel so angry in my life? How, why am I so angry? What is this doing for me? What's the payoff? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, anger in terms of being sinful or not, I've heard somebody say this one time, but that anger when it's oriented towards justice, that's different. But when you're angry for the sake of being angry because you feel this way. Because it feels and you powerful. Are, yeah, because it feels powerful. I am justified in this because of this. But no, when you're angry because you're oriented towards that justice, I love love for that person. Mm -hmm. And you're not just, you know, flying off the handle and going spanking the kid as hard as you can right. because you're angry in that moment. That's when it really takes that dark turn. But I told my husband, it's just something that I worked on with myself too. I'm still working on. If you are angry, that is not the time to discipline your child. It can wait. If you or are angry at that child, you need to take yourself out of that equation until you can be calm. The discipline can wait. There's no discipline that needs to be happened while you are angry. Same thing with conversations with people that make us mad. <laughs> you have to slow it down. And I think that's part of this whole, this is kind of a roundabout way of bringing this podcast back to where it needs to be. Is so we're talking about the ways in which we create the spaces inside of us for Jesus to be able to move. Mm -hmm. Well, it's that carving out, that yeah. slowly carving out in those many different ways in terms of anger or whatever else. We mentioned that vulnerability earlier. Um, Lauren, I've been over here like blubbering a little bit because um, just Lauren saying just the, just this, that one statement that trauma doesn't come back as a memory. It comes back as a reaction. It does. Oh my gosh. We've had a really rough year with the fight with my oldest um, and dealing with like behavior issues, stemming from his ADHD and um, my reaction to him and when he started this because at the time I, when, he, when we first started having like major issues uh, I was pregnant with my youngest and I was having a very emotional pregnancy <laughs> and so those those reactions though and then kind of as we kind of things have progressed through trying to help him and things have been kind of coming out for myself about my own issues and my own like history with we've talked a little bit on here about um for how for, for how I react and my own triggers have kind of come up my dad um was verbally and emotionally abusive to um my mom and my sisters and to, I, I don't remember it as much um we had a different relationship, and I, I took care of him. Well, I mean, I do remember when he was getting sick, and I took care of him as um, uh, before he passed away. And then I just kind of out-stubborned him <laughs> on his thing. So, so my reaction though is when he is when he was angry and when he was upset was to out like I said to out-stubborn him, mm -hmm. and that's not how it works, <laughs> and that's not um, how training a child should be and how you know how I should be responding and so in recognizing that um my reactions with my kids and when they're you know with you know like whatever he's having they're having their own you know their emotional issues that it brings me kind of back to that mm -hmm. and um so yeah so I've been just kind of like internally like focusing like thinking and, and meditating like kind of on that and listening to you guys and that this is you know that that 
that it's not, you know, it's not just a memory, like the, re the trauma is coming back, it's as a reaction. And then to, as we, as we, I've been helping him through this over this past, it's been about a year since, um, things kind of had started with, with, um, with my oldest, um, get it. And, um, like learning these different like things that you guys have been talking about, like with the, uh, I, I actually have no idea what conscious discipline is, but just that make, like he said, like making space for, for what God wants to move in me as well through this. Like, even though, you know, it's been a really difficult time, like trying to, um, learn for myself, but also, you know, and also help him. It's, it's been really good for me to kind of look back at my own, my own past, my own reasonings for these things, um, and making, and, and, and this is all, that's all a way of making space. It's making space for the past because it's things that I haven't reflected on. Yeah. Yes. I think one of the things that's beautiful about parenting and also the worst thing about parenting is reliving your traumas. When your children hit these certain ages where you experience sadness and trauma or pain and you have this incredible opportunity to reparent both your child and that little girl inside of you to, to turn that around and to bring healing to her as well as to your son. It's both painful and beautiful, but it it does cause you to like look right at your life and be like, oh my gosh, I have so much sadness and so much stuff that I haven't process through and that's kind of what I meant to say with the anger thing I didn't quite get there yet really strong anger is pain it's almost mm -hmm. always yep. pain um, or or a sense of abandonment I know that a lot of my issues stem from a sense of abandonment and so I even from being abandoned in the chores in my house which sounds ridiculous the emotional abandonment that I experienced on different levels and from different people in my childhood I feel comes back into play when I feel like I'm not being appreciated or taken advantage of. I feel like I'm alone and no one is listening to me. And that creates a trigger response in me. Mm -hmm. I am not going to let that happen to me again. That's what my mind says, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I am having those strong anger reactions, it's almost always related to feeling helpless. Someone else is abandoning me and not giving me what I need to be able to have the tools to do what I'm trying to do. And it makes me irrational and crazy. Because <laughs> like, this is my life and I'm building my life and you can't do that to me. So, you know, that's what trauma does. So when I say let's examine the anger and not slough it off, that's what I mean to say is that if we can take the fuse off of it and be like, I'm feeling angry because I'm feeling abandoned right now. And just even saying it out loud. You know, you don't want to put your emotional issues on your kids, but there comes a point where you have to teach them how to navigate interior thoughts and feelings, how to navigate their big feelings by watching you navigate yours. <sighs> I didn't want to yell at you. You know, I didn't want to do that. I was, I feel, you know, just being able to say that to them takes the sting out of your anger, keeps you in that vulnerable place. And it also teaches them when they're feeling that strong emotion Hey, it's okay to feel strong emotions. I don't have to hide it or shove it or be angry. I can just say it and then it goes away and it feels better. You know, like. I really love that. It's like, I, I do tend to, I find myself like apologizing to my kids. Like I want to tell them I'm sorry that I yelled at you, all that. And I shouldn't yell, yell. But I like, like 
the way that you're saying that, Lauren, I think that is going to be really helpful in my own life to be able to, to like, I'm just th- reflecting, like thinking about um, a situation we had today where I, I yelled and my, and I, my six-year-old was like cowering because, it, you know, he was an emotional place at the time. And he just like, and I was upset about something with another kid that he like, I could see it. I could see it in him. And I apologize for yelling, but it's like, there's that, but I was still upset. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and they knew it, and it didn't help that I was apologizing because I was like yelling while I was in the hall. I started yelling, but. Well, I've also started to look at these moments where I kind of react and when I didn't want to and talking to my kids about. Also, as a reflection of our relationship with God, is how many times has He asked me to do something and I ignore Him? Or how many times has he tried to lead my life a certain way and I go another way? And the second he's not looking. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so like I think when when we're talking about this creating space, she it's not so, he's always looking at yeah, right? <laughs> right? Always. So is mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I, no, but I've I've started to see these opportunities to when I'm having these issues or situations with my kids, not issue. I mean, I'm dealing with issues, I guess, <laughs> but these situations with my kids, um, as a, okay. Oh, that's how you feel. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, but like really taking that, like you died for me, for the things that I have wronged you for, you know, I've wronged you and, um, taking those to the cross. And like, like Lauren said earlier, the whole theme through this has been that reaction key. I think when we were discussing doing this topic, I was kind of going that way, but I think through our conversation is that's that was that's what I was getting at. The creating space is becoming that non-anxious presence, that that presence that is loving and can take a situation. Uh, yes, I'm angry, but at the same time, my reaction is the reaction that becomes sinful. Mm-hmm. Like the, the intention of the because yes, anger can be sinful, but it's the reaction of that ends up being sinful. And I think that we need to, God is angry. I mean, we see it in the Bible. He mm-hmm. is angry and he had the right to be angry, but he also loved, he still loved his people. There's a really good line to the book, Sinful Anger. It's called um, Sinful Anger, I think it is, or Conquering mm-hmm. Sinful Anger. It's actually a really good book. And he says, yes, there's such a thing as righteous anger, and you don't have it. That's what I was <laughs> yes. saying. God has the right yes. to be angry. We don't necessarily. We may be justified yes. because of poor treatment, but it is not righteous Think anger. of all the sin that has been committed in the name of I'm justified. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. You know, just because you're justified doesn't mean you're well, justified. See, and I think that's why Christ said that, you know, I, I think that it's not just necessarily the um, manifested outcome of our anger, like what we physically do or we verbally do, but sitting in that mm-hmm. anger, mm-hmm. that's the reason why Christ was like, that's a no-no, mm-hmm. because it can lead to so many bad things. But I, I'm, I just want to take it back just real quick to something that you said. I'm really glad you talked about taking it to the cross. Because earlier we were talking about how it is that we can continually pray. I think so many people are like, and I know I've asked this question before, like, how? Like, I can't literally pray all day long. But 
when we take those moments where we've messed up, where we've done something that we feel guilty about that we ought not have done, um, and we take those to the cross and say, I offer this up to you, God, as a prayer, I offer this, this up to you as a sacrifice for my children to grow in holiness, for me to open up space in my heart so that you can move in me, so that you can change me. Um, I think that's a way of continually praying, you know, telling God at the beginning of the day, I am offering up my day of parenting or my day of going to work or taking care of my elderly parents or whatever as a prayer to you. Um, And, you know, doing the dishes, you know, like I've, I know Lauren with um, your ministry, I think I've mentioned this before, you talked about, you know, making, doing the dishes a prayer for somebody or doing the laundry a prayer for somebody. I've started to enact that in my life where, you know, every single time I do the dishes, it's meant for the specific person. You know, laundry is meant for the, these specific people. That's awesome. And that's how I think you don't have to actually be praying all the time and talking to God all no. the time or thinking about him necessarily all the time, but just in everything that you do, you do it for God. When I think about whenever I am feeling angry, like I was just thinking, like I've been thinking about like just today when I reacted to my kids if I really think about how I'm feeling when I'm getting upset, when I'm reacting, it's, I am not, I don't have space. Like there's no space in there except for that feeling mm-hmm. of frustration. And that art, like, and if, you know, when you pause, you take that breath, you open yourself up space. You give yourself space for God to work through you and to give you the words, even when you don't have them. Mm-hmm. And I think too, if you or the it, quiet, because <laughs> yeah. sometimes that's what it just needs to be. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, I went, if you I went it, swing on this, like I went to the swings today, so I was like, just, the, good there for you. Go. There, there you go. Swing. There you go. <laughs> I mean, and think about how yeah. much progress you've made in this. If you really were to examine your life, think about you, where you were a year ago with this versus now. You've learned how to recognize that and to back out of it, to back away from it, from that strong anger, because it hurts people when we respond. Mm -hmm. I know there's nothing worse than seeing a child cover their ears when you're talking to them, because they, you have your voice and your anger level has taken them to the point where they need to shut the senses. Don't act like y'all aren't out there, haven't seen y'all's children do it, because you know you've yelled at them and it's happened. We all have. So it's, It's humbling, but God is doing a thing in this generation. Think about this. What is God doing when all of these parents are beginning to own and recognize their trauma and bringing it back to the cross? As Stacey said, I think it's okay because we're all working it out together. We're all working it out and, and we're becoming the generation that he wants us to be. Think about the work the undoing of chains and generational curses that is happening in your life right now. All these things that your parents did to you that you don't want to repeat and you won't repeat. Think about how beautiful that is. What you're building in your homes, all of you out there listening, recognizing what you don't want to do, making space, taking the time to learn a discipline like what you're talking about, conscious discipline, recognizing your limitations and bringing it back to Jesus. I think that all of this is part of God's plan for revealing his face to our children, to the next generation. I think that what he wants is a generation that knows that their parents love Jesus enough to do the hard work, the interior work, the 
the pain and the suffering that it takes to face your trauma, own up to it and say, I'm not going to repeat it. And you know that's what? a beautiful thing. And I, it just keeps coming to mind. And so I'm going to say it. I was going to not say it, but I'm going to. I find it interesting that this wasn't necessarily where we were intending for this podcast to go, but how much I think it's appropriate, especially for what's going on in the Ukraine right now and what our children are going to have to deal with. Yeah. Because I know my kids are already angry at what's happening to people mm-hmm. and other children on the other side of the world. And to let them know that that anger is okay, but they can't sit in that anger and be mad about it. They need to take it to the cross and pray mm-hmm. that and, and pray. I just, you know, I just think it's interesting. And I wasn't yeah. going to say it, but I, 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 the cross, that doesn't mean that we don't act. Right. Know? And I think it's beautiful because this is the first time that a generation has actually experienced a, a pretty imminent threat here. You know, that we're watching in real time violence against freedom of humanity and free and we're, we're we're angry about it our kids are angry and how we respond and how we take it do we bad mouth certain world leaders do we scoff at certain other leaders who we don't think are doing enough or doing too much they're watching all of that mm. and what we need to be doing is inviting the holy spirit into this situation at our homes lord i'm so angry at this person i'm so mad I, I don't understand why someone would do this. I'm worried. I'm scared for the children. I'm scared for the people. I'm scared for the freedom of, you know, for 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 the for the free world, you know. <laughs> so, well, I already know. Like my 11 year old, he know he has read about World War One, World War Two. Yeah, he's said, he's been asking, yeah. is World War Three around the corner? And he has flat out asked. Oh yeah, and I was like, kids have both yeah. talked about. I that. mean, yeah, it, I my. My my father was born at the end of World War II. I mean, my grandparents lived through that, but my like our generation hasn't gone through. And I don't know. It's just interesting to see, and I think it's it's important for us to be teaching our children, like you said, Lauren, to use our word, teach our children how to express, express these big emotions that they're having, and my kids to acknowledge. Ask me, is he going to go to hell? Mm-hmm. And he said, is this man going to go to hell? And my son was just like, he's doing evil things. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, son, you have to pray for him because if you don't, he will. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I said, if he has any shot of experiencing the love and the mercy of God, we absolutely must pray him into the kingdom. That is our job. We don't need to be reporters. Everybody else is reporting on the evil things that so-and-so is doing or this is that. That is not our job as Christians. In the world, our job is to call down mercy on the people who need it the most. And you, you, well, I don't want to pray for him. You must. Mm. You must pray for him. You, of all people. I you could be the one. Yeah. You know? I yeah, can't remember because, who. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I was just going to say there. And I, I've read this before. Again, I don't know. I don't remember who, where I read it at. But there are so many conversions that don't happen because we don't act. Because we don't pray. Because we don't be Christ in the world. Mm-hmm. And how horribly sad is that when you get to the gates of heaven and you're shown your sins and you, I don't know if we will or not, but see maybe all of those people that could have been converted that weren't because we didn't do what we ought, we ought to have done. Our job, one of our main jobs as the church militant is praying the dead into the kingdom of God yes. or the evil into the kingdom of God. How else yes. is it going to happen? 
they're not going to ask for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we have to ask for them. You know, well, that's why divine mercy was given to us for that purpose. And I don't remember who was, it was a priest recently was talking about, but I don't remember where I was or who, <laughs> but he was talking about Maria Goretti and um, her murderer and how he went from being imprisoned for murdering her to being at her canonization. And but if this, if this murderer has this huge conversion because I mean, she forgave him on her deathbed. I don't know if I have that type of strength, but guess what? It's not my strength that I need to rely on. It's God's. Mm-hmm. And, if, and Jesus forgave, even on the cross, he said, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And maybe this certain world leader does what he's doing, but we're still supposed to pray for him. You were talking how, about how important it is to pray for here. people who have done wrong, like Putin and like, you know, murderers and people who have wronged us and all these things, you know, people maybe who have done horrendous things in their lives. Um, I think one of the things that it boils down to is um, detachment, detaching ourselves from how I think I ought to handle this thing. Because I know, and y'all know, I am opinionated when it comes to politics and social issues. (laughs) And no, no. (laughs) y'all don't know this, but they do. But but I'm very opinionated about it and I I get very pumped up and passionate about it and I get reactive about it. But I think that comes from wanting to, I don't know, control in a way how the how the information is out there you know what i mean like i I think that i have the right answers and therefore i want to vocalize those things so that that's kind of a a nice reminder to me about how necessary it is to maybe step away Mm -hmm. from all of that for a bit and just you know it's okay to vocalize your opinion but maybe not you know i'm glad you mentioned being opinionated um I am more of a lamb. <laughs> They're laughing because if anyone at this table has more opinions than Alicia, it's me. Let's say something, so I got me some opinions. So, which, actually, maybe you might be a little, but I mean, it, it, we're both pretty opinionated. I'm pretty sure they're not equal. The Lord, <laughs> the Lord works. You know, that was so funny because, of course, I have an absolute opinion on literally every social issue that goes on in this country. (laughs) Um, But the Lord is constantly telling me, and this Lent, it was very clear to me. He was like, yeah, but I don't need another reporter. He clearly Mm -hmm. said that to me. And so I keep repeating that phrase. So part of my Lenten in relation to opinions, part of my Lenten journey has been to opine less. You know, the world will be okay if it doesn't know how I feel about something. Um, this is hurting, this is hurting my ego a bit. It, well, it is. No. Like <laughs> well, he said, a little less, you know, opine less, defend less, you know, defend yourself less, defend other people less, just kind of, and then, you know, the, the, the other one, and this is just the nice, you know, bow on the package is, Typeless. It's like less. <laughs> less is more. Less is less. more. Yeah. 
Except for us, because we enjoy it. Except if you're on a podcast, we and opine, and I'm sure I'll get I'll get it. But in a general way, what I have noticed in my heart is that there is a time for that, but most of the time it's not that time, and it doesn't do anything beautiful inside of me to constantly be on on. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really like we're talking about the detachment is detachment from self. Mm-hmm. Learning that detachment from what I want, what I think needs to be done. And, and I think that's really how we grow in closeness with God. Because we were talking about that. or that you know, We've been talking about it kind of the whole time, more specifically earlier. We were talking about how we need to grow, make that space in order to grow closer to God. And I think ultimately is that detachment, like I said, from from wanting my own will above God's will. And really getting to a point where, you know, I want God's will above my own and then even progressing to the point where I want, I desire, and I actually implement wanting God's will. I want my will to be in line with God's will. I don't even want my will to be my own will anymore. I want it to be God's will. Which I think if we go ahead and bring it all back, well, Annie had mentioned, you know, ask I don't know if it's at the beginning it could have been the last podcast but she mentioned at some point while we were recording tonight going to adoration or whatever and taking this to God and saying what do you want me to do I think it was our the last podcast where we were talking about penances but we were creating that space yes have a physical space if that works for you yes put prayer time into your routine but don't get upset if it gets it doesn't work out the way you think it should. Do these things to help yourself, but ask God how he wants you to be open to him today. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.